this is Aaron here, back with another commission podcast. A back to back Aaron, double Aaron Spalding. Too many, too many Aarons around. <laughs> uh, I'd say not enough. Uh, we, he had us do Silence of the Lamb, uh, Lambs. This is the fifth element from 1997, directed by the madman, the French madman, Luc Basson. Um, yeah, let's. I'll, I'll let him recommend it to us. He says this movie is definitely a lot more polarizing than presumably Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. People either tend to love it or hate it or don't know what the fuck it is. I happen to fall in the first category. I love this movie. It's quirky, campy, and more simply put, entertaining. I think it managed to be just goofy enough so that it's still to be taken seriously, or at least as seriously as a movie featuring Chris Tucker and an all-over leopard print leotard can be taken. A perfect example of this is Gary Oldman's performance as Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg, which is fucking fantastic. He's unquestionably one of my favorite cinematic villains ever. He's a killer. A dyed-in-the-wool killer. Cold-blooded, clean, methodical, and thorough. Uh... Which camp are you in, Jim? You love it, hate it, don't know what the fuck it is. First of all, you're not wrong, Double A Ron. This is a very <laughs> polarizing movie. Uh, I'm in the love it camp. I, I, there are a lot of things, not a lot of things, there are a couple of things that I really don't like about this movie, mm-hmm. but so many things that I love about it uh, that that totally overshadows the bad. I, too, love it, and I actually don't think there's anything that I actually hate about it. Okay. And I'm this one right. should, should be an interesting debate. <laughs> Uh, so Luke Passan, I think, is an interesting guy. In his biography in IMDb, there is this following standalone sentence. Okay. I haven't cut anything. It's capital H, finishing period. His inter- his early life was entirely aquatic. Like, <laughs> oh, like he's a okay. fucking frog. He was, uh-huh. he, he was a, well, I guess he's a Frenchman. Uh, he, he started off life as a tadpole and climbed his way, found the camera and aerial stash, climbed his way <laughs> onto the beach and started filming movies. Yep. Legend says he wrote this as a teenage boy, The so Fifth Elements, yeah. and then later directed it once he had enough clout. That Star- sounds about right. Starring the great Bruce Willis yep. Uh, yep. on our pantheon of badasses. Uh, Gary Oldman, uh, again, as Zorg. Uh, Ian Holm, uh, Bilbo Baggins. Burying the lead here. I'll, I'll, uh, as as uh, Father Vito Cornelius. Mila yep. Jovovich. There you go. As Lulu, sure. Chris Tucker as Ruby Rod, and of course Luke Perry, the great Luke Perry as as Billy. Yeah, he he <laughs> deserves short shrift on that list. He <laughs> doesn't do much in this movie. Uh, yeah, I so I think this is the first time that I saw. I, I know it's the first time I saw Mia Jovovich in anything. Mm. Pretty sure it's the first time I saw Gary Oldman in anything. He did like Dracula and JFK before this, and which are notable. Are, I know, I I know, I saw him in those two things before. Me too, but I think after I saw this movie. Sure. Because I saw older. this about the time it came out. Yep. I don't think I saw it in theaters, but I know I had the DVD. I did see it in theaters. I had an interesting huh. experience. Oh, what was that? Uh, so I went to see it with two I uh, two elders from our church. Oh, boy. And their wives. Uh-huh. And one of them, about 15 seconds into Ruby Rod, just got up with his wife and walked out. That's appropriate. And the other elder, who was the big, the, the head cheese, he's the presiding overseer, the, I don't know what they call him now, um, but he's kind of like what you would call the head, what, what, I don't know. He's the head honcho of the congregation. Yeah, he's the top dog at, in, in the four walls of our congregation. And yeah. I kind of, I'm, I'm side-eyed in him like, Jesus, if he walked, because I was ingen- genuinely enjoying myself. Uh-huh. Um, if he walks, I don't know what I'd do, because the social pressure to walk out yourself yeah, uh, but you know he, as you said, posted up and 
<laughs> and we finished out the movie and, and, and Good for him. made, uh, I think, got with the other guy about 45 now, minutes into it. I suspect that the reason they walked out on Ruby Rod is not the reason I would have walked out on him. What I think happened is they saw his leopard skin, flamboyant leotard and decided this is a gay wearing, man. Lipstick wearing. And I want nothing to do with it. Yes. That's not why I would have walked out. I would have walked out because he's a fucking annoying, <laughs> ridiculous character. Sure. I think they walked out because they thought he was gay. They didn't stay long enough to see that he is most certainly not gay. I remember people just hating this character. I, me? On, yes, I hate Because I was a big fan of Ain't It Cool News with uh-huh. Harry Knowles. And I remember just people saying, like, what a, what a, you know, like the fact that at the end <laughs> where he's holding that glow rod and, like, it's like a fuck you to George Lucas. or And, I, and I'm like, I thought he was really funny. I think God. I think Ruby Rod is hilarious. I think he's the worst thing about this movie. It's just you know, you imagine three hundred years from now, what a reality TV star slash host of a sure twenty four seven reality show would be like. And I think Ruby Rod looks like that person, and I think it's great. I, I think and you're right, but I don't thing, enjoy if, watching it. It'd be one thing if he gainsayed Bruce Willis or was seen as a joke by anyone except, you know, like he's only treated serious by his sycophants and his fans. Uh-huh. Um, I just love the way he interacts with Bruce Willis. Like, Bruce Willis gives sure. zero fucks about this guy, is unwilling to do anything to make <laughs> his show better, except for stage yeah. uh, a, a reverse invasion of this giant cruise ship, which gives him the best show of his life. I Man, I love him. <laughs> I can't stand him. The, the thing, <laughs> like, he's just so annoying, and I don't hate Chris Tucker why, across why the board. Why is he annoying instead of? Why do you think he's annoying instead of funny? Like his because of the, and... the speed and pitch at which he talks yeah. just annoy the shit. So out you just of don't me. like Chris Tucker? No, I. So I like him when he's a little more restrained. Like in when is he a little more restrained? In, in Rush Hour, he's a little more restrained. Okay, I I, I can do him in Rush Hour. All that right. that works. Okay. Uh, and I, have, I don't think I've seen him in much else, but the Rush Hour movie's fine. Here, he just is like... He was in Luke Besson was I like think. more, faster, louder, higher pitch, more annoying. <laughs> faster, more intense. Exactly. <laughs> more flamboyant. Like Luke Besson just let him run wild, and I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think the thing that the people who really make this movie, in my opinion... Everybody's great across the board, but like Bruce Willis... like. Don't give a fuck. Kind of annoyed by all of this stupid shit happening around him. Sure. You know, standard Bruce Willis stuff. Yeah. That works perfectly in this scenario where you've got a Chris Tucker just going off in his face. Uh, he wants nothing to do with it. And then alongside Mia Jovovich, who's playing fish out of water, you know, new eyes sort of character. I love sure. it. I love it. Uh, and, you know, that's the thing, like... This is written by Luke Besson as a teenager, and it re- it it really the plot is a slightly more mature axe cop. Oh, it's not a like, great story. You've got this intergalactic special forces hero that retired from the military six months ago to be a cab driver uh-huh. who can't quit getting accidents, and is it sounds like he's working for Tone Loke. Uh, <laughs> I I and, and like this mutant. Space child, star child, woman falls into his cab for do you know do da dumb luck. It just and and you've got and at you've its got core, Zeus. It's... You've got Zeus from the Hulk Hogan movie as the intergalactic <laughs> president with his lazy ass eye. Yeah. Um, I, it's it's incredible, and you've got some of the 
you've got some of the like you know Gary Oldman's a very fine actor. Uh-huh. But he's delivering a performance that is so fucking over the top, and he's sharing the screen with, I guess, supermodels that Luke Besson just cast out of a magazine that can't say, like, three words together convincingly. Like, mm-hmm. the, the one woman who's escorting Corbin Dallas to uh, Bruce Willis to his bedroom, and she goes on this, like, thing about Ruby Rod, and it's like, it's it might be the worst performance I've ever seen. It's real bad. On, on screen. Real bad. It's, so I was wrong about across the board, everyone's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are no. some notable exceptions. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think Gary Oldman does a fantastic job, even though he is way over the top. Uh, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't annoy me in the same way that Chris Tucker does, because you can see that there's something else behind that persona, right? Like, it's not just weird, over-the-top country, like, southern gentleman-style stuff. Yeah. It's like... There's an intelligence, although I, I honestly don't understand his role in the plot. I don't know why he's doing the things Chris he's Tucker? doing. No, 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 Gary Oldman. Oh, Gary Oldman. Oh no, no. What it, the it makes fuck? No sense. Like so, it, that's the thing. Like the base of this plot is big, fat, dark, evil coming to destroy all life yeah. on Earth. It's like in Hellboy when the Nazi warlock Rasputin summons the outer gods. It's not because he wants to be destroyed along with them. He wants to be one of them. He wants to be reborn as this eternal creature. So they, they never make the point that he's getting anything out of this other than destruction. And money. Yeah, and, and money, yes. Like he's dealing with uh-huh. the ultimate evil, and it's weird when the ultimate evil calls him on the cell phone. It's very much a little <laughs> bit like a lover. Like, where are you? I miss you. Uh-huh. And then the fucking – that's before the chocolate syrup starts running down his face. Like, it's – So this is the man that evil has hired to stop – to thwart <laughs> yeah. good, right? Yeah. Which I get it. That That's fine. And it's capital but E But what's evil. in it – what's in it for Gary Oldman? What is in it for Zorg? It seems like he will get a case full of cash and then immediately get vaporized. Yeah. And consumed because this force, they make it clear. Of course, I don't know. Maybe this is good guy propaganda. It's the anti-life. It's 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 purpose is to wipe out life in the galaxy. Yeah. Uh, which you know does that mean it's not alive? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, maybe there's more nuance to the ultimate evil. Like again, we're I doubt we're, it. we're getting good guy it. propaganda here. He just wants to spread chocolate syrup throughout the galaxy. <laughs> is that so bad? Uh, rain it down on the heads of his enemies, <laughs> or and his friends. You know. Um. I what I really love about this movie is some of the futuristic takes that you just don't see. Like this, this New York City yeah. is probably the coolest future metroscape this side of Blade Runner, and a hell of a lot more fun to live in. It seems like it's yeah. still a crime-ridden hellhole by and large, but at least it's bright and shiny, and you got supermodels giving you your Big Macs. Yeah, it feels like maybe metropolis mixed with like back to the future too. Mm, that's a good take. Like when they go in the future with their flying cars and you see there it's sure. kind of not like you don't really see much of the city there. It's more kind of out in the open but like metropolis is where the city comes in. Yeah. These towering skyscrapers everywhere. And you pointed out this this it's just such a gym thing to say. When the old man takes his uh, sushi boat and ropes up the, yeah. the Bruce Willis, you're like, oh my god, that's my fantasy. It's my dream. I would yeah. like if they had a Chipotle stand that would roll to my house. If, yeah, I roll up the side of my, I roll up a window. Sure. And here's Chipotle, a burrito bar, just waiting for or, me. Or so, let's be honest, because you know, if there was a sushi place next door, you'd be oh, hitting yeah. that up. Well, you do. We, for we sure. do have a sushi place that you hit up pretty. 
pretty frequently. Yeah, no, I love sushi. But it's yeah, great. like that's that's you, you want like the food truck is not you want a floating food truck that'll float right up to your balcony and dispense food. Absolutely. Then, then that's perfect. You might never leave the, the the studio. And then we were also pondering like, is that racist? Is that Chinese guy like, or is it just cross cultural? Or is he pandering to other people's racist notions of what? Because that's again like four hundred, three hundred years into the future. I guess you don't abandon your cultural like design aesthetics and stuff. Sure. Like if you, yeah. why, why wouldn't he make it look like a little junk boat? You know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, and he has. I don't know. He has the thick accent. Like, how many hundreds of years it's, in the future do is sure. it before we all speak us a, a particular dialect and we all have roughly the same? You know, like. Is it 500, 1,000, 2,000 years before we've essentially, like, there's no more redheads yeah. left. Globalization there's has no more evened everything out. Like, blue-eyed, white, you know, blue, uh, blonde hair people left. We're all just kind of like, uh, you know, uh, cappuccino brown. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I feel like that, no, no one really goes there. That's the other thing I thought was interesting about this 90s take on the future, is it seems like... Luke Passan is like, oh, everything's going to be – the sex cells is going to be continuing to be hypersexualized until now like our stewardess. Like we essentially have rolled backwards our gender norms and now we're going to have stewardesses that are even dumber and more sexually available and yeah. flaunting their bodies and everyone at McDonald's will be supermodel quality. If I would project from right now, I would say that that would be seen as very gauche. Like very yeah, it, it distasteful I'm, if not illegal. Like it moves more toward the, the norm, less toward the extremes, right? Yeah. It's like the women, like, in, and I feel like in uh, this, this, um, the Fifth Element universe, the women have just given up trying to be seen as anything, anything other, other than, than sex, sex objects. objects. Yeah. Because yeah. there's no, I mean, that's the other thing. Um, there's no women in the top levels of Zorg's empire. The president has a female assistant, but she's a little mousy character who's silent. You know the pre the priest order is all men. I guess I would say I don't think three hundred years is enough time to completely normalize the human species. I get it, and culturally you also don't know, and like... physically and sexually, like all of that. I I doubt three hundred is enough. And if the Western world over the next hundred years is overthrown by a more oppressive regime or a less enlightened regime, then you know. Uh, sure. Katie bar the door. Who know who the hell knows what's going to look like? But I, yeah, I think that's interesting. That like I don't, you know, for the lack of a better word, the politically correct, um, it, the world that we're kind of moving towards. I don't think it looks like the f- to the fifth element world. Sure, sure. Uh, Which is is good in my opinion because yeah. we won't have Ruby Rod. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I do think that that's that's another interesting thing is that. Uh, you know, a yeah. lot of times with fashion, you go the Back to the Future, where people are wearing funny hats and tinfoil uh, overalls sure. and whatnot. But and there is some of that. Like Zord is wearing what I can only describe as a plastic disc on his head, and his men are wearing like he, so he and he's wearing seems to be the highest of fashion with sure. his side side sitting plastic helmet thing. Yeah, his men just put balls on their heads. Yes. <laughs> Um, but I, I thought when, when we went to the opera and you had, you had like the gamut, you had like these traditional, like military uniforms, you had these oriental dresses, but you had these men that like, I guess were like professional football players or something along those lines. It wasn't football. It was intergalactic shuttlecock or something. Yeah. Yeah. But they were wearing what can only be described as frilly courtesan dresses. 
and had their. Are hair. you talking about the deaf guy? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Same with um, Ruby Rod. Like this, these are yeah. masculine, sexy men who are dressed as women, and I thought that's like okay. In three hundred years, look at what yeah. how men dressed three hundred years ago. Sure, that, they would that get, comes back into fashion. They would be called effeminate and you know frilly and and yeah. many more unkind things. And like I thought, there's not a lot of things. There's not a lot of TV shows or movies that play around with that concept. Sure. That's not for Bruce sure. Willis. Bruce Willis was rocking a tuxedo. Fuck you very much. Like, I imagine, like, I wonder uh-huh. if Luke Passan's like, well, you know, we've got this. You can, you know, we've, we've got this dress. You can. And he's like, uh, do you have a got tux? A leopard skin how about, leotard How for about you? a fucking cummerbund? Could you have one of those, Luke? <laughs> huh? I have a reputation to uphold. <laughs> yes, right. I'm a man's man you don't understand, Luke. <laughs> um, no, I thought that I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, and then who knows how to describe Mia Jovovich's outfits through most of this. She she seems to be like it, it's interesting to me that they're both kind of rocking the orange. Like oranges, there are strong color themes throughout this That's episode. True. Yep, uh, both with good and evil. I think, uh, but you know, I I don't know the fashion in this. I thought is awesome. Like yeah, no, I don't have a problem with with Ruby Rod because of his fashion. Yeah, I do think that like I thought. Some the the ship design was really cool, but some yeah, of the weapon it. design was all over the place. And the alien design is bullshit sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. like what you're you're essentially talking about the Mandashawan, yeah, the armored turtles, the Waddlers. Yeah, like, we're, these guys we're who can't them... move their appendages because they're stuck in, I guess, these giant ass suits. Which makes sense if you were like some kind of aquatic space slug inside this, you know, like inside this suit. But we're led to believe that inside that they all look like Mila Jovovich. I guess. What's the point of the turtle heads? Like you're you're encasing. They have your... these super thin necks that couldn't possibly hold anything organic. Like I don't. They're yeah. more man or more machine than man. Like yeah. I mean, I, I think maybe space turtles is the worst. Uh, it's maybe space turkeys is more right. what yeah. they're. At. But again, if they're if they're all if they're all Lilo Lilu in the inside, what the fuck? I have no idea why they would. Wear Maybe those. their society has evolved beyond physical appearance, so they all encase themselves in these golden tur- 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 turkey turtle costumes to <laughs> well, move make something that. where you can move in it. Is my only objection. <laughs> like, I don't want to be stuck in the thing that I have to wear. Yeah. I don't want to be the man in the fucking iron mask when I'm putting on my gear for the Do day. Do you think that Lilu is like a Superman deal where these are all super strong, super capable people on the inside? Or do you, like, you know, so, since you take any Krypton from Krypt- Kryptonian from Krypton, you put them on Earth, they're all Supermen, right? Or yeah, Superwomen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that's how the Mandasha ones are? That they they're all supermen and women, or do you think Lilu as the fifth element is a level above them? So it's it's possible, yeah, that she's just the one, you know, the standard the one. Yep. Um, or potentially like, so they reconstruct her in some kind of process that is not meant to be explained in the movie. Maybe yep. that has something to do with her abilities. Yep. Uh, I don't. I don't know. She clearly has an ability to learn quickly. She does the I know kung fu thing, just sure. like Neo does. Yep. So you can uh, speed read Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah. It, although not that fast because she doesn't get to war in time to, to it's been like, it's realize. Like, it's like essentially 48 hours she gets to war. That's pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. You know, not fast enough. Yeah. It almost uh, cost the, the galaxy their their life. Sure. Because uh, she went in a catatonic state. What did you think? Um... You know why I don't like the aliens? Why is that? Because they remind me of the Goombas in Super Mario Brothers. 
that which I hate. That's a hard association to shake. It, it the, really I mean, is. Everything like, about I the Super John Leguizamo in that suit. <laughs> and to be clear, you're talking about the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which is a complete shit show. Terrible. Like we watched that just on a lark about five years ago, and just couldn't believe how bad it was. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you take that? How do you take that source material and come up with that? Uh, you cast Bob Hoskins and John. You Lee. have a fever dream. Yeah. Tells you this is what the movie needs to be. How do you let that happen if you're Nintendo? I don't That's know. the thing I want to know. Because Nintendo was behind through their... I mean, do you remember like the Nintendo powers? They were like oh, yeah. hyping that shit up. I, I was hoping for greatness. I was a Nintendo fanboy at the time. Yep. Really wanted that thing to be good. It was a piece of shit. Uh, so, I felt like I wanted... Oh. The weapons. One thing about... I, I, wanted, yeah, I want to talk about weapons, but I'm now on a Mila Jovovich kick. Okay. I think that this might be one of her, I don't know, better, best performances because she's not, she's very rarely in anything that you can legitimately describe as great. I mean, I don't know how you feel about Joan of Arc yeah. the Messenger. I liked Ultraviolet like, a lot, but that's but not it's great. Not, and, it's and like Resident an Evil, flick. I'm actually going through, coincidentally, I'm I'm watching all of the Resident Evils with. Okay. My, uh, Why? They're. <laughs> You know, if you got 90 minutes yep. and you don't feel like uh, getting into something too deep, they are a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, they're full-on ridiculous, but Mila Jovovich looks great, and she's kicking a lot of ass, and she's mm-hmm. just got whatever superpower she needs at any particular time. And it's got some really great zombie work. Sure. And it's also fun to see, like, uh, like I just watched the third one, and out of nowhere, Jorah Mormont is the star. Of the, he's the head. Oh, villain. that's right. Yeah, and I'm like, because you know, it's like I've. Uh, it's weird because you don't recognize these guys until you've seen them in like Game of Thrones, and you go back and like, oh my god, George's in everything that I've seen. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of fun from that angle too. But she gives almost like a mime performance here. Like she does a lot of stuff with just her physicality and her goofy expressions, and she babbles and a bunch of like, you know, artificial languages and stuff. And it, uh, there's something endearing about it. For sure. I mean, I I just like the sense of wonder that she conveys on the screen. Sure. Uh, you know, and and the she gets to display a kind of a gamut of emotions. Sure. Vulnerability, an, an fear, gamut of emotions. Uh, I guess if that's <laughs> sure. I don't. Is that a reference? Never, never without her permission, Jim. Is that should I know? Yeah, what that's what, when when Bruce goes in to kiss her and then she puts the gun to his head, she says ectogamut, and then he asks the priest later what that means. Well, you and he really says, pay attention to the language. In I've this, seen huh? I've seen this movie probably twenty times. I remember multipass. Multipass, yeah, multipass. Chick on good. I like that too. That's another future yep. thing: the fact that you can take a pill, throw it in the microwave, and two seconds later you've got a full chicken dinner. Oh man, there's there are so many great moments like that to talk about. I. How much more do you want to say about Mia Jovovich? She's she's super hot. She's badass. She's great in this film, acting wise. There's nothing to complain about. Okay, with Mia Jovovich. What about I want to talk like, about Bruce this. Willis' apartment? But okay, I, 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 this might be controversial. Controversial opinion. I think her and Bruce Willis have zero chemistry. What? Well, what? Okay, zero I think romantic chemistry. Like they. So have you don't buy a, the love scene at the end. They the have Leo. A, Trinity kiss. And I think it's because Bruce Willis sucks. Bruce Willis, when he's holding her and he's talking about, like, there's other things like love and all this other stuff, and it's, he's so emotionally constipated, it just, and she is just a quivering, raw nerve of emotion. It just doesn't work for me. I I agree. I will follow you down that track, and I think it's, it's kind of too sudden. Like, I don't, 
I don't know that they've established enough of a relationship between the two for right. me to really believe that. Like, other than the fact that she is a super hot girl wearing ace bandages that fell into his cab. Exactly. That is where the thing begins and ends. And I think that, like, it was a mistake to split them up in Floston Paradise because that yeah. right at the point where you... It was kind of cute them bumbling in the apartment and the auto wash and all that stuff. But then they split up at this and have two separate arcs where there was no relationship forming and there was nothing being built and there was no chemistry. And then they're thrown yeah. back together at the climax where you have to believe that chemistry is literally yeah. going to save the universe. Didn't buy it. I'm with you, though. Stylistically, I like editing wise. I think it really worked. Where you have got this opera going on, which is amazing. Oh, I'm not going to fault music. the Flossed in Paradise sequence. It's amazing. It's and great. as as she's singing and as the action kicks in, Mia Jovovich is doing her thing, kicking ass. Sure. Up in the room, I thought the editing, the way they cut that together, was brilliant. Yeah. But you're right. It doesn't doesn't serve the relationship very well. Um. I, I, you want to talk about weapons still? You uh, got yeah, I did because like, that's the other thing that bugs me is like as great as the design and fashion, I felt like the weapon design, um, like this the the ZF one, the the little egg shaped Zorg weapon, and like some of the rifles that the Mandalores were, which you know, did you have to steal a name from from Boba Fett? I, they're not actually Mandalores, are they? They're I think like, no. I, I do believe they're Mandalores. Mana Shawakas. No, something. that's the tur- that's the golden space turkey turkey turtles. I'm oh, really? The, okay. Which I I think the the Mandalores are great. I still to this day like they hold up. Like those they do those yeah. rubber lips and the way they articulate and stuff. Like that's like fuck. You don't need CGI if you can do puppets that well. Sure. Um, some of the guns they rock look like shit that I shoot in Destiny. But yeah. like what the one I guess tweaker with the <laughs> with the matte painting on his head holds up Bruce Willis that with gun with spikes on the front that mm. gun is fully ridiculous like I I sure. think that that gun and then the like minigun rocket emplacement that the Mandalores later use I wouldn't be surprised if those oh, came Oh you mean the American Gladiators tennis ball yes! gun Yes <laughs> I feel like that those came directly out of his teenage journal like uh-huh. he drew those yeah. on graph paper and is like this oh, is Dude I saw Blaze shoot this fucking amazing gun yes. on American Gladiators yes. got to yes. have it Yeah no I that that and that like so, everything else looks so great <laughs> that I I wonder if that's exactly what happened and he did that as a private joke because they look way out of place with everything else. It's like Fisher's Price, my first artillery piece, you know? Yeah, the rockets on the front look real silly. Really silly. But you get the feeling that this entire movie was made on a budget. Was like ninety million dollar budget and like really that's, that's pretty big for the nineties, isn't it? I think it's average and I think that they the movie looks better than what it cost. Yeah, I mean, you can just kind of tell that everything's made out of foam and plywood and painted, right? Yeah. Like, none of this stuff is metal. <laughs> but I think it's like, yeah, like the set for the president's chamber and is Zorg's very... Che- office. And it, it looks and... cheap, but it's also very cool. Yeah, yeah, the style is impeccable. I love it. Uh, but it does look cheap. Yeah. Especially, like, I wonder if that was a, a consequence of high def, too. Like... They just didn't film oh, things, Jesus. things thinking. Uh, so The Matrix, how much do you think that cost to make? 70 mil. 63 million. Okay. So yeah, 90 million does seem... Because <laughs> I was thinking, like, well, The Matrix probably cost 120, and of course it's going to look better. But um, there, it, yeah. it had a very kind of grunge aesthetic that might might have helped it out. But And it had big stars in it, too. The only real big star in this is Bruce Willis. 
The rest of them are kind of fledgling stars. Gary Oldman's a pretty big star. Ian Holmes, you know, I guess they're character actors. But then, again, who are you thinking is the big stars of The Matrix? Uh, Lawrence Fishburne. No, he's no no bigger than Gary Oldman. Really? Yeah. He's He's in Apocalypse fucking now. Gary Oldman was in fucking Dracula and Leon the Professional and a bunch of other shit I'm forgetting. Sid and Nancy. I guess it's it's a bias on things that I've seen. Yeah. I saw JFK afterward and... You know, I I don't know. So I think this looks great. The weapons can be silly, but they're also kind of awesome. Let's talk about Bruce Willis' apartment and the logistics. <laughs> the logistics of a combo fridge shower. Yeah, because uh, everyone that's I, at first I'm like, wow, that's a really smart space saving. But then you realize that it can't be because that shit is sliding up into the apartment above it and down into yeah. the apartment below. Yeah. So think about like. He shoves these people into the fridge and sends them downstairs, right? Yeah. Like, I, I can only assume that the fridge is also his downstairs neighbor's fridge. It has to be. So the they, go to get, they go to get uh, some cheese out of their fridge, and lo and behold, there are three frozen people. Also, nothing in that fridge when he opens it, right? Which well, is fine. that's sure. That's fine for Bruce Willis, but it also implies that his downstairs neighbor's got nothing going on. Well, maybe that's the thing. You can't use a communal fridge because you put cheese in there, and then your downstairs neighbor's going to pilfer it. Sure. Because this is <laughs> a, also... A gentleman's agreement. Agreement needs to be formed with both upstairs and downstairs. <laughs> gentlemen's agreement: don't open the shower when it comes upstairs. A gentleman's agreement in a project so dangerous that Bruce Willis has a tray <laughs> just to collect the weapons from the guys who try to jack him. Yeah, and in each of dwelling, they built in yellow circles where you can put your hands <laughs> during a police action. That must yeah. happen all the fucking time. I mean, I hear Cartman singing in the ghetto. Like that's <laughs> that's the only place that shit happens. So. Also, presumably, along with this fridge thing, when he shoves Mia Jovovich into the shower, the shower goes upstairs, and here's a woman in the upstairs neighbor's shower. Sure. Now, the shower Where sharing, I think, is fine, because you have, even today, like, dorm, you know, it's common for dorms to but share bathroom lo- <laughs> facilities. It's a logistical problem, right? The downstairs neighbor wants his fridge. I'm in the shower. Yeah. Okay, they get their fridge, but then the upstairs neighbor wants to take a shower. I'm in the shower. Yeah. It pops upstairs, like, yeah. now I'm naked in front. Like, he didn't have a shower curtain. Well, you know what? I bet there's, like, an occupied light. Okay. But yeah. then but then, how does the downstairs neighbor... How does the upstairs neighbor take a shower when, you're, when your downstairs neighbor is using the fridge? You don't. You have okay. to wait until... <laughs> okay. it, it's just like... How, it's, it, I mean, it's. I feel like these problems... Like, I don't ha- know how you solve the food sharing problem. And, like, it'd be cool if, if the fridge is split into two and each half had its, like, a password combination. Then there's no problems at all because I do believe people can share a shower. Sure. I do believe people can share... Now, could you share a bed? Does that like that? that does yeah, that bed the, slide back and forth? And is that why it's shrink-wrapped? Because every time it slides back, it's disinfected <laughs> and... Because maybe that's That's a good question because your next-door neighbor would probably get... I mean, isn't that how that's Your how bed. nuclear submarines work? Like you have three dudes sharing one bunk because you know space is at a premium. Also, and... why is there space above the bed in the wall? Yeah, that seems like space Ian wasting. Should have just been scraped off. Like... Yeah, yeah, you don't need space above the bed inside the wall. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot going on in that apartment. There's a lot going on in that apartment. Logistically problematic, but cool stylistically. Very cool. Like yeah. it's kind of uh, a deluxe edition of the capsule hotels that they have in. Uh, that were popular in the 90s and in Tokyo and whatnot. Yeah. I think the Murphy bed makes a lot more sense. Fold up. Okay. Not, not in. Sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because that gets every gets it out of your way, gives you more space in the living room when you need it. Certainly. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is the use of, it just reminded me about this apartment, the use of music. 
because the music's all over the point of the part all over the place you've got yeah this is becoming one of my pet peeves the out of place playful hijinks music like Zorg is choking to death in this cherry and they're playing this like home alone Kevin setting traps for the wet bandits music. Same thing like in color purple. Like oh, well, Danny Glover's there, viciously beating Whoopi Goldberg and they're playing the do 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 you know Inspector there it's Gadget ridiculous. shit. Yeah. Um I think but on the other hand, most of the music in this stuff is incredible. Yeah, yeah. Like the um vaguely Arabic music they played during this the cab chase. Uh-huh. The opera, space hip-hop opera music they play with the diva, which is also just remarkable visual and audio design. Yeah. But there's this one music cue that I'm a, I'm a sucker for. When the priest decides to waylay Corbin Dallas and whop him upside the head with his Medal of Honor trophy. Uh-huh. And as Bruce Willis comes to, the camera's fixed at a certain... And you see like him claw his way to the table or whatever, and he's holding his head. And they're playing this like badass like Rise of a Hero music. And it tickles me in exactly the same way as like Team America World Police when the 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 whoever the the actor is is vomiting in the alley uh-huh. and between every round of vomiting there's this swelling like a hero rises music i don't know why but that shit is <laughs> is so good to me it makes yeah. me giggle it's it's so good the hero music for mundane or ridiculous but luke stuff. i don't think luke Basson is aware of that being a parody He's just slapping I mean, he's music be. on there. He's got to be when you're when you got your main villain choking on a cherry and like he's. Do you buy this the, whole thing is ridiculous? Do you buy the Jean Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg, who's mm-hmm. a monster? Yeah. Uh, do you buy that he has a pet psychedelic pachyderm? Essentially, in a the hole? Flintstones dishwasher. Yes, <laughs> it's I do. A living. <laughs> Yeah, I totally do. Why? Because he's, he's a man. He's obviously collected these artifacts from across the galaxy. This is one of them. The he elephant has an looked exotic too happy. Head. The elephant looked too happy. Oh, you think he's abused? I would you think, think. Yeah, he's being shoved into a desk. This is a man who forgotten. says, "Sir, we need to cut five hundred thousand jobs." Yeah, and he says, "Cut a million just because." From a cab company, <laughs> which implies that they're well over a million cabbies in New York City. Well over a million. Yeah. Right. Unless cabbing is on its way out, and a million Didn't is like, like a it from good what I was portion. like I was you know if you look like one out of five cars on the street seem to be cabs in New York City yeah and now that you yeah, can think... you know you're not limited to road density it's like watch out so what twenty million cabs in New York I don't know how many people do you think live in 20, 20 30, 65 New York uh three hundred million really I think like the, the current population, population of the United the US, States yeah. If you look it up, like it seems like they've taken New York City, raised it a thousand feet, yeah, and then built on top of it. Like even or this... has the water retracted? Like have they used Ooh. up a bunch of the water in the oceans? Ooh. Huh. Have they built it up, or has it been drained of water? Interesting, because you know this is I've seen this movie like twenty times. This is the first time I fully realized that that was New York City. Yeah, they got the it's big very fat Statue of Liberty. You got the Statue of Liberty that's like you know. But it seems much... like that was built up. Yeah, right? I think it's, it feels like it was built up, not that the oceans have evaporated a thousand feet. Although that would yeah. have been an interesting, that would have been an, a, a, an interesting and prescient thing for him to put in there. Sure. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? I feel like we haven't even scratched the surface. Uh, I mean, that's, that's pretty much all I got other than fuck Chris Tucker again. Do you think, so talking about Bruce Willis, I felt like he 
while awesome, is also kind of phoning it in. Like, I don't think he's really on board with a lot of stuff going on in this movie. <laughs> but but that works for me because he's kind of exactly how I want him to react to this. Like, if he's a badass special agent, this is kind of a walk in the park. Yeah, and, for him. and he lives a life that is, you know, off a, a little bit outside of, you know, the mainstream yeah. The fashion. He just wants to retire and be a cabbie. That's all he wants to do. And now he's thrust into Ruby Rod's world. I wish I kind of Zorg's world. I know. I kind of. I kind of wish I knew why. Like knew I needed why. a Kurt Russell. My son shot himself him with my gun. Kind of like why? Why do you go? I mean, that's an extreme. Three reasons. Lifestyle change. Two of which I forget. One of which he's decorated. Right. He's he's decorated. He's the most decorated of his unit. He's the only one that has all the training. And, and all the weapons. And oh, aircraft, yeah, and he unrolls and spacecraft. that scroll. And also, he's the last one in his unit alive. Which I don't ever see him use any spacecraft or weapons necessary for the what job. What the fuck? He, he, he steals uh, Zorg's fighter. He all right, so there's one. And, and List me out. Like, he unrolls a fucking <laughs> scroll full of shit that Bruce Willis is going to need, <laughs> and he doesn't use any of it. You're right. I don't know. Maybe that's Luke Passan, Just That's like every stereotypical 80s, like, you know... You're a hard man to find, Corbin Dallas. Yeah, Not hard yeah. enough, apparently. <laughs> um, we need you. Yeah, well, that's what the, my lieutenant that died in my arms said, and I wasn't there for him either. I mean, it's just kind of like an homage to the bullshit recruiting of the, you know, you're the, they're the best man for the job. Yeah, I think Bruce Willis' career, his previous history with film, uh, goes a long way to, to kind of establish his background, right? Yep. Uh, I think Luke Passan needs to lay off the exposition and explaining some of the things. Like, I thought the reconstruction process was awesome. Mm, yeah. Although completely impractical. Sure. But then when they start talking about how the way they're going to get this thing to form skin is by bombarding with UV, like, what the fuck? You can't skin a human being and then expose them to ultraviolet and grow a new layer of skin. <laughs> I'm just like, you haven't seen Lucy yet, I understand. But Lucy yeah. is this to the tenth, to the tenth degree. Like, All right. Like he just needs to just just show your movie. No one gives a shit about why mm. Scarlett Johansson can do these things. It's the fact that she can do it. You don't need to show us that she's now at ninety five percent brain capacity, which is a bullshit concept anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, why are they bombarding Bruce Willis and Mila Jovovich with UV radiation and they're fucking at the end <laughs> to regrow their skin? Obviously, it's like That's you what know, that does, it's right? like the pe- the penis reacts to UV bombardment by protecting itself. Uh, in other words, growing a condom. Like, no, that's not how <laughs> things work. Like, what? Maybe what? that's healing their wounds. Are they scraped up at the end of this? Probably. I don't know. With UV radiation? If it regrows why not, skin. Why not I'm... throw some gamma in there, too? Get the bones <laughs> and deep tissue involved. What the fuck? I'm with you. But if you go by the lore, it regrows skin. So Let's talk about Sir Ian Holm. He yeah. might not be a sir. I don't know. But I assume that every distinguished British accent is a dame or a, a sir or of whatever. Yeah. He's good, but the direction... Like, Luke Besson apparently is directing him to be a stammering moron throughout the whole... Like, he, he's yeah. got the the one thing where him and Ruby Rod realize there's a bomb on board. Uh-huh. And he goes, it's a bop, it's a bop, it's a bop, it's a bop, it's a bop. <laughs> and it goes on for probably twice as long as that. Uh-huh. I I mean, you know, I love the movie, but what the fuck? I, it's a farce. I don't, I don't Do know, Do you man. think that if there weren't farcical, uh, farcical elements like that, that the whole movie would fall apart like you need like this this is essentially i think so this is essentially acting camouflage like i'm gonna have gary oldman yeah. shoot the scenery and an ian holm bumble like an idiot to distract people from the fact that the plot doesn't make sense 
I think so. I mean, the plot makes sense. It's just so bare bones. It's so base level, right? Like good versus evil sort of bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, I I think if it didn't have the style and the farcical elements, it wouldn't work. But there's a lot of good stuff with, like, like Gary Oldman, like, I'm not sure if it's overacting, because when he does that dressing down of the Manglore, when it's like, I needed four cases, not one or two or three or four, but four, (laughs) and he's just, like, going into full crazy Gary Oldman mode, it really fucking works. And at the end where he opens the case and just starts hysterical laughing, crying, that also works. There are no stones. There are no stones. Um... I don't know, Meat Popsicle, that's a great line. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else we could talk about. I mean, the great is like the, you know, the multi-pass. Like that's, like some of these things are gets quoted around my life a lot. Yeah, uh, so, there's I so love many say, memorable scenes. We love to say that you're a monster, Aaron or Cecily, and then the other person responds with, I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I love it. The military is completely ineffectual here. Right. Uh, I mean, aside from casting some weird, huge dude as as the president uh, of the president of the galaxy, is he? I think he's the galactic president. Okay. I think he says that on multiple occasions, and this is truly. I mean, this isn't just yeah. taking. This isn't a firefly taking place in a solar system. But you got hyperdrives and shit. Yeah, and, and hibernation. Like they, yeah. when they strap you in for the the journey to the cruise ship mm-hmm. to the hotel. Uh, they're they're also deanimating you. I don't. What well, do they it call seems that? like it might be optional. Because Ruby Rod, yeah, he Ruby just Rod's goes to up town. And he's plowing through the stewardesses uh-huh. like he's using a thousand years to get to this new solar system to fuck every stewardess on board. Yeah, so it can't be that long. And Lilu doesn't seem to go to sleep either, but that might be because she's the chosen one or sure, the fifth she's element. Perfect. Uh, perfect they, people don't sleep. Yeah, I think that's cute. That's yeah. I think a perfect person would not have to sleep. Sure. I would agree with that. Uh, also, I feel like that the Man- Mangalores played right into Bruce Willis's hands. They didn't know that the more ripped up and bloody a Bruce Willis character gets, the more powerful he becomes. You're right. Like, yep. if he'd lost his shoes, watch the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, about it. Watch. He wouldn't have needed the fifth element. No, no. He, he would have become fist, the fifth element. Fist fought the evil. Uh, <laughs> uh, what? I mean, I feel like that there's... A lot of underrated sequences, like at the end, like you, you mentioned, is kind of video game-ish, like, you know, old LucasArts scum engine type of game where it's like, you got these elements, now how do you open them? Yeah. Well, of course, you put some dirt on the earth one, you put the fire in the fire one, and there's a, there's a actual some genuine tension with Bruce Willis in the, the last match. I mean, he he creates some artificial tension. Light the thing right over the top of it and be done. Don't mm. Don't light it. And then wait. Hold it, yeah. And then wait. Right. And then slowly move it toward, just light it on the thing. But what if a draft comes by? I mean, it almost lost the whole thing. You're in a fucking pyramid. How's a draft <laughs> going to come through? There's all kinds of weird uh, current shafts, <laughs> air shafts, and uh-huh. swirling eddies inside Circulating a pyramid. Air. You don't sure. know. It's it wasn't a pyramid. when you crack It's actually not a open. pyramid. It's some kind of weird fucking monolith that they've hollowed out into a temple. Oh, Oh, do we? Yeah, I guess we do get external shots of that. Which is that's that's the other thing. Like, what religion is this priest? I wish uh, I because I feel like it. There's there's probably some weird Zoroastrian type religion that they could have made him identifiable that that would have been a little bit cooler. Because as it is, it's he's just like some intergalactic space priest that's active in 1914 and. 
He's been this this ancient society holding down these arcane intergalactic secrets for thousands of years. I would like to have known more about that. Yeah. No, I, I kind of do like that aspect well, of it. Well, the end of the movie is already two hours, and how much longer do you want this movie to be? I didn't feel like they wasted any of it, though, honestly. Yeah. I don't know. I feel... I don't. I, I wonder... Like maybe that opening sequence, but I thought, I thought it was good to establish, you know, how long the, these people have been around and... That sort of stuff. Yeah, they did spend a lot of time with that priest trying to poison. And, like, why? That's the other thing. It's like, if this is a yeah. cult that worships life, why is he trying to poison? Like, why does he want to keep this this secret hidden? Yeah, the fact that is this is an so... ultimate evil. Like, what if, what if society knew that every 5,000 years an ultimate evil is going to come to try to wipe us out? Like, maybe we'd be a lot less militaristic, jingoistic assholes. Maybe we'd actually work together to prevent that. Or maybe you'd have more Zorgs. Going around saying, Trying to I, I want to fuck this up for some hot, hotline reason. bling, the the ultimate evil in the galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> With the good uh, comes the bad, so maybe a little obfuscation is in order. Yeah, I guess you're right. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, there's there's not a lot of fat in this movie, but I do feel like that they could have maybe taken a couple minutes here and there and given us a little bit more back. Because the world building, I think, is pretty impressive in this movie, and I was left wanting more. But maybe that's you'd, you'd much rather leave someone wanting more than overstay your welcome. And I feel like a film yeah. like this could easily overstay its welcome. For sure. Would you want a sequel if there was a compelling story for it? Don't you think Mila and Sh- Bruce are too old? Yeah, I just do. Just maybe recast, but you don't. Know, it's, it's now 5,000 years in the future. Yeah, and they have to rehash the same. That would be interesting. Thing. Like, go 5,000 years in the past, presumably. So the last time this happened. I, like, Egyptian The last time it happened, it was Egypt. So it makes sense that it's based in Egypt. Yeah. It'd be so primitive, though. What what kind of interesting. I mean, I guess as the Mando Shawans always just saved our ass. Yeah, they must why is, have. And why is Earth the center of the galaxy for this? Well, because it's the center of Luke Besson's galaxy. Yeah, but like, did, did we? Did the Man of Shamans just show up and here's your stones? And uh, no one tried to stop them. And the Fifth Element and like, it's kind of like they must humanity have. And was then, a sideshow. And then they must have like clued us in on it. Look, in case we aren't around in five thousand years, uh-huh. here's some info you'll need. Here, here are the stones. Uh, here, like, because they kept the. That's also that that catch was where they kept the stones. Yeah. Until 1914, when they said war is coming, they're no longer safe. Which I'm like, so did they mean war is coming in like Earth? Because 1914 is the breakout of World War One. It's a good question. Yeah. Like you know, we have a kind of a century of giant ass wars coming up. As because when space I first war doesn't really come until yeah five thousand years is up. And the stones later. weren't safe in space either. The Mangalores. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like the Mandashaw ones, like they just got jacked up by uh-huh. two fighters with the catfish dog. No, well, heads. he was reaching for his weapon controls, but he couldn't move his shoulders. <laughs> He said, "Oh God, this is where it all comes back to bite us." I can't, I can't put my my hands <laughs> higher than my waist level. And my neck. What my, other things do I have? My, my fingers. I have a fifteen degree field of vision because of this fucking turkey head. <laughs> I've got keys. I've got yeah. I got a key in one finger. I got a butter knife in the other. They do have the death stare. Like they can look at someone and their eyes flash red and you die. Oh, because they killed oh. the, they killed the professor, didn't they? Did they do that? That was Luke Perry's imp- uh, impression. Well, I thought he was just old and had a heart attack because he was no, so shocked no, no, no. by his what he eyes saw. Glued, the, 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 one of the turkey heads' eyes glued, glowed like orange. Why would they kill him? I don't because they're they're really weird servants of life. But they're going to leave Luke Perry alive when he obviously knows the same shit that 
the priest or whoever the archaeologist knew. Luke Perry doesn't know shit. Everyone knows that. Well, he's seen stuff now. And no, who's going to believe Luke Perry? Okay, fair enough. They looked at him and they're like, nah, we can trust. It's like, you and Aziz can live. <laughs> yeah. You're both idiots. <laughs> okay. All right. They so they had to awake. take out the true source of the knowledge. I guess. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Fuck. It's all, it's all making sense. It's all coming together. Maybe they did kill Luke Perry. I honestly can't visualize whether he lives or dies. I, I thought he did. I don't, think they, I don't think they kill him. But that's the other thing. Is like why... he gets out and the thing gets crushed in the door and he must take the key, right? Yeah, and Amanda Shawins for being saviors of the galaxy is surprisingly bad at combat. Like mm-hmm. he, start, he shoots a primitive 20th century firearm at him and then suddenly their base just starts shutting down. Yeah. And of course, because they're wearing this fucking golden <laughs> turtle turkey armor, they can't move fast enough to get out of the way. He's yelling, hurry. I'm like, he can't. What's he going to do? And also, like, when the door crushes, did you notice there's, like, a two-inch gap? Uh-huh. So, like, was that awkward? The priest is, like, you know, got the key, and he's, like, <laughs> making eye contact with turkey. He's like, so I guess I'll just leave you here. Yeah. Asphyxiate or starve or whatever. Life. It's what's important. Bye. So is this... Is it... Is there any indication that maybe that hand in the door is the thing that they reanimate Mia Jovovich from? No, because here's the thing. Um, after 20 times, I've kind of... Re- they bring the hand, the, the, the Amanda Shawin hand in, and it's gripping a handle. And then when we later see the case for the stones, that there is a handle that's ripped off. Okay. So apparently, so she's the guardian Lilu the was stones. in. Yeah, she was holding the case, like you know, in with space handcuffs to it yeah. in the Mandoshawan or whatever. I probably pronounce that ten different ways because I can't speak English, let alone intergalactic space turtle. Sure, but no, she, that that's the thing. Okay, all right. Hmm. Which, if you try to, th- I'd, I'd rather see the sequel than the prequel frankly 5000 years in the future yeah so you wouldn't have bruce willis and lilu you'd have no. two other characters yeah i don't think we need a sequel or a prequel i don't think so either yeah. but if i had to choose sequel yeah. uh although i don't think we need a sequel to lucy and we're getting one that's true i'm i have no idea how the hell you make a sequel to lucy call it lucy 2 and you reca- you, you <laughs> lucy just are, use lucy 2 the loosening you, you call it Lucy 2, you hire Lucy Lou, and you can be done with it. <laughs> yeah. Lucy Lou is. Sure. Lucy I haven't two. seen Lucy Lou for a while. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been, been a while. Bring her back. She was in that uh, Sherlock knockoff on CBS that she still might be. I don't know. She so. was in a, the Bad Jackie Chan movie. Sure. The Bad Jackie Chan movie? Wasn't she in uh wasn't she in one of the, the Shanghai movies or Tuxedo or something? All right. Uh, I think we have pumped all of the juice Shut it down. out of the, the fifth element now. It's, yep. it's gotten into silly town. Uh, thank you, Double A Run, for commissioning these two awesome podcasts. Um, we had a lot of fun doing uh, both of them, honestly. And it was good. To, I mean, yeah. I, got, uh, I got another notch on my belt. I've, I've, I've seen all of the Silence and the Limbs. If you'd like to commission your own podcast, you can go to ballmove.com slash shop. To find out how all that stuff works, you know, there's two main ways to do it. You can either commission it fully yourself, or you can collaborate with other bald movers and buy $10 shares to join together, much like Captain Planet or the Fifth Element, and by your powers combined, commission one of the pre-selected community curated podcasts. Uh, but all that details on baldmove.com slash shop. Thanks for your support, Double A-Ron, and we will see you the next time.